It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. All across Georgia, it's back to school time, and that can have an impact on your whole family schedule and routine. And on this special edition of Decal Download, Commissioner, we're going to try and cover all of the questions for back to school, starting with Georgia's pre-K program to before and after school care at your local child care program to how this impacts your CAP scholarship. Yes, going back to school is here. It, I think uh, it, summer went more quickly than I thought it might, and so it's kind of snuck up on us. But hopefully we can provide families some answers to questions they might have before their first day. We hope so. We know we're getting questions in through our social media, so we decided here on Decal Download to gather a panel of experts. And we've got some great folks today uh, joining us to talk about back to school. Ico Blackman with our Child Care Services Process and Quality Improvement Unit. Margie Cook is uh, a pre-K consultant based in Jonesboro with Georgia's Pre-K program. Latasha Stevens is a Family Support Coordinator with CAPS, that's uh, Child Care and Parent Services, Georgia's uh, subsidy program for child care. And uh, also Emily Graham, an inclusion specialist here at DECAL. Ladies, welcome to the podcast today. This is going to be fun because we're going to go around the table a lot as we're talking with everybody. And I thought what we would do just to find out about your background, everybody's background before you came to uh, DECAL and before you joined the agency. Uh, So we'll just ask, what were you doing before you joined the agency? Um, And let's talk about what's your favorite back-to-school memory. Aiko, I'm going to start with you. So before I came to DECAL, I was a child care center director, and I loved that job. I was actually in the state of Virginia at the time, and so I worked both for a corporate center as well as a private-owned center. And then I transitioned. We moved to Georgia, and um, actually, licensing was the next step for me in my thought about what I wanted to do next. So it was great because I came here, and I heard about Bright from the start, and I was so excited. So I came on board about six years ago, and um, so I'm excited, of course, to be here and looking forward to many more years. And then in terms of my uh, memory for first day of school, for me, it was choosing my lunchbox. Mm. If I got the Wonder Woman lunchbox, <laughs> that's all that mattered. And so I had a, lun- a Wonder Woman lunchbox from about kindergarten through about third grade. About third grade, I felt like, well, I better let the lunchbox go. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. With the thermos inside. Oh, of course, with the matching, matching the thermos. matching thermos. Exactly, right. yes. Very important. I love it. All right. Margie, how about you? So prior to joining the DECAL family five years ago, I taught kindergarten, first grade, and second grade in the public school system. Wow. And my favorite back-to-school memory is actually a German tradition that we've passed down to our children and now to our grandsons. So on the first day of school, my parents would make this, it's called a Schultut, which is a school cone. And inside of it, they would stuff it with candy and treats. And it was something for us to look forward to at the end of the day when we came home and we had our shul to, to open up and have goodies. Oh, what a great story. Awesome. Don't let your kids hear this podcast. <laughs> I can't do anything else. <laughs> now, you might be able to get away with taking them out for tacos. But that seems to be a favorite for them. What public school system? Clayton County. Clayton County. Okay. Yes. Wow. All those grades. Yes. Does it help you in the pre-K role that you serve in there. oh absolutely having um all the experience with kindergarten especially 
because I did have some four-year-olds in there, so I had some pre-Kers. And when I first started teaching, which was a long time ago, uh, many of those kindergartners didn't have the pre-K experience. So I had, in essence, Mm pre-K that came through, you know, my program. Very good. All right, Latasha from the CAPS program. Tell us about uh, your life before DECAL. Yes, I've been with um, CAPS for about two and a half years, so I'm the newbie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But prior to coming to uh, Family Support, I was an executive director with a nonprofit, and uh, we assisted families who had a loved one on the autism spectrum. So we assisted with whatever supports they may have needed from infancy all the way to adulthood. And your favorite back-to-school memory? Yes, my favorite back-to-school memory uh, was open house. Actually, I wanted to see who was in my class mm-hmm. and who my teacher was. So um, that stuck uh, as a child and even as, as a parent um, with my children. I enjoyed going to the open house right. to see how uh, students have changed over the summer and how right. they look different as they progress from elementary to middle and high school. You know, as a parent, we went to every open house, and uh, as they got up into the high school years, there were fewer and fewer yes. parents. That <laughs> we hung in there right through college, as a matter of fact. I'm with you on that I still one. go to my daughter, and she's a junior in high school. I, they're, they're a little embarrassed, I have to admit, because you're walking through their schedule, right. but it's and a lot I'm of looking fun. looking at her schedule. Where's math right. class? Oh, yeah, I like to know. Uh, and I also thought, like, if the parent shows up, maybe they'll give the kid a little grace, right. you know, if yeah. mom and dad are involved. All right, Emily Grand is joining us remotely today. She's an inclusion specialist here at DECAL. Emily, tell us about um, your background before DECAL and your favorite back-to-school memory. I've been with DECAL for about two and a half years, and before I joined the agency, I worked with Babies Can't Wait, which is Georgia's early intervention program. Oh gosh, a favorite back-to-school memory would have to be getting back together with friends that I hadn't had the opportunity to see over the summer. Okay, I can't let you off the hook. What is your favorite back-to-school memory commission? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, gosh. Pro- oh, probably riding the school bus for the first time in kindergarten. That was that was a big deal. My mother hated every minute of it, and I'm pretty sure she followed the school bus to school. <laughs> um, but I, I thought that was a big deal, riding the school bus to kindergarten. Oh, yeah. yeah. That what about first you? morning. Um, I've got to go with ICO, but not on the lunchbox. It was all about the notebook Mm, because there were pictures on the big three-ring binder, and uh, that would determine the year. And so I remember one year, I want to say first (laughs) or second grade, I had a Siberian Husky on the front, and I just felt like that was going to be the year because this fierce dog was on the front. And then it might be something about, you know, uh, whatever popular TV shows or or whatever were going on. But it was kind of a nice thing to have. Yeah. I love school supplies, mm-hmm. and I'm still pretty weak in an office supply. Yeah. <laughs> me too. So somebody racers. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Racers. Fresh Pink ones. Freshly sharpened pencils. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Bring back the chopper keeper. This, yeah, oh, yes. 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 Or the coin. Remember the coin purse? The yes. little uh, that the, you put your lunch money yeah, in. Yeah. Little plastic. Now thing. it's all electronic. You don't even have now a lunch they don't money, have that. lunch no. card. <laughs> so let's start with Georgia's pre-K program entering its 27th year. It's one of the top programs in the nation based on quality standards, teacher qualifications, and enrollment. With over 80,000 four-year-olds starting in over 3,800 classes. That is a lot of children. So Margie, are we ready for all of these students and? <laughs> Is there still time to register if you're a parent? Yes, we are ready 
before our pre-Kers. <laughs> the teachers are gearing up, and in fact, I spent some time in some teachers' classrooms helping them get their rooms organized and ready, and there's, there's this new excitement mm-hmm. that they have. So we are ready, and it's still not too late to register for Georgia's pre-K. And how do you do that? What's the best way? You can go You can go on our website on www.decal.ga.gov. Um, you can also call 877-ALL-GEORGIA-KIDS, and they can find a spot right. um, for your child as well. And who qualifies for Georgia's pre-K program? Children who are four years, either four years of age, on or before September 1st, and you must be a resident of Georgia. That's pretty simple. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Susan Adams Cut always makes that sound so simple. If you're four <laughs> years old, you sleep in Georgia, you're ready to go. <laughs> um, so let's talk about advice for parents. Parents are listening. This is going to be, let's say, their maybe their first time uh, sending their child uh, to school. Major milestone. We want to get it right. Let me start with one of our most popular Facebook posts. Uh, maybe ever, compliments of Georgia's Pre-K Program Director of Field Operations, Faith Duncan. I'm going to give her credit. She's a former elementary school principal who said, and I quote, after walking your child to class on the first day of school, try not to linger too long in the classroom, even if your child appears upset. That's got to be tough. Typically, once children are by themselves with the teachers and their new friends, they feel less apprehensive and settle into their new setting more easily. I got to tell you, that post received hundreds of likes, hundreds of shares. So let's see if we can share a little wisdom. We'll go around the table again. Aiko, what's your best advice? Well, I agree, um, actually, with that post and also something Latasha said earlier about open house. Um, I'm huge on preparation. <laughs> and like I said, you know, even though, yes, my, my youngest is se- almost 17, I'm still going <laughs> because it even sets her tone. It sets the tone for the school year. And I think that's important. So regardless of the age of child, I think that's really important. You know, I understand as children get older, they want more independence. Independence, but it's still a great way for them to, you know, familiarize themselves with what's to come. And, but particularly for our youngest learners, uh, for those just entering uh, elementary school, and even for those entering early childhood for the first time, uh, you know, you have your early preschoolers and that type of thing. Take them into the center. Give them as much time as possible to see what to expect. Uh, let them meet the children, uh, meet the teachers, and I think that will help them. Yes, there may still be some tears <laughs> when it's time to separate on the first day, um, you know, in the actual time, but it'll be a little bit easier because they've had that time to observe that environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Marjorie, I know consultants have a lot of great advice. Well, my biggest thing is don't rush through the morning, especially that first day. Be prepared. Um, It just really sets the tone for that day, but it also sets the tone for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. to be relaxed. And because the little ones are very anxious anyway and not real sure what to expect. And I also think arriving a little bit earlier so they can settle into their day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like what Faith said, not to linger. I totally agree with that. And then secondly, I think start a tradition. If you don't take that first day picture every year, (laughs) take a first day picture because our babies, they grow up fast. And then they're adults. Yeah. 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 Did you take a picture of your 16-year-old? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. Latasha, what do you think? 
Um, I as well would agree with Marjorie in, in setting a tradition, um, but you know, encourage your children to feed off of your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we would always set you know a tradition in the car, it, whether it was a favorite song we would sing, or a, a time for somebody to share something, or an expectation, or their lunch. You know, whatever they wanted to share. Um, I want you want your children to feed off of your mm-hmm. excitement mm-hmm. that today is the day. Today is yeah. better than the next day, That's and right. whatever you know you didn't accomplish yesterday, we're going to accomplish today. Right. So encourage your children every single day, and um, you know they can take that energy into the classroom mm-hmm. with them each mm-hmm. and every day. And then maybe that night engage them in conversation yes, about yes. how was the day. Oh, yes, yeah, because exactly. we're all talking about it, That's mom and dad. Right. So yeah. the kids should. Emily uh, is listening remotely, and Emily, what's your best advice for uh, the first day of pre-K? Well, teachers can get off to a really great start by making sure their classroom expectations are really clear from the very first day of school. There's a saying that goes, you either teach your expectations thoroughly at the beginning of the year, or you'll spend the rest of the year teaching them over and over again. Children really thrive on predictability, and it's our job to provide that for them. I would also remind listeners that Dr. Rita Pearson said, you know, children don't learn from people they don't like. So pouring effort into relationship building with our students from day one will really pay off all year long. So what about clothing? I know that's oh, that's always been on the top of my mind, uh, especially when my children were in, in the preschool years. So I know we've said make sure they have clothes that they can pull up and down independently when going to the restroom. Make sure your child has an extra clothing at school in case there are bathroom accidents. I wholeheartedly agree in both of those. Anything else in that category of clothing? What about shoes? I think make the shoes easy, right. easy for them. Um, they're going to learn to tie their shoes. I mean, my 19-year-old, he learned how. (laughs) So they're going to learn how to do those things. And I just say support them. Practice role play at home. Practice putting, you know, on and off. And really foster independence. Mm -hmm. Don't try doing everything for your little one. They can do a lot. Can I just be totally transparent and say a special (laughs) thank you uh, to David Stover, Uh, at Wadsworth Elementary School in DeKalb County, who during most of my first grade year tied my shoes secretly. He (laughs) really did. It could not tie my shoes. That's a super friend. I could not get it down. And so I'm telling you, honestly, I would wait for the room to clear as people were leaving. I'd go, David, (laughs) can you come over here? And he knew exactly what I was going to need, and he would tie my – and finally – but he would give me a look as if to say, okay, it's about time you learn how to tie (laughs) your shoes. But, yeah, I think – But you learned. I did, yeah. (laughs) I I can tie them now. But I I do – I remember (laughs) – see, I remember his name. (laughs) I remember the room. Um, Anyway, so that's funny. Emily, um, we know inclusion of children with disabilities in supportive early childhood settings has been shown to benefit children with and without uh, disabilities and families in the community. How should we be preparing for the start of school when it comes to, you know, realizing those children um, that will be included in those classrooms? Children really thrive on predictability, and it's our job to provide that for them. I would also remind listeners that Dr. Rita Pearson said, you know, children don't learn from people they don't like. So pouring effort into relationship building with our students from day one will really pay off all year long. And how can parents contact us for advice and more information? Well, that's a really great question because there's a new way to contact inclusion and behavioral support. We have a new helpline that parents can use. It's 1-833-354-HELP. 
That's 1-833-354-4357. What assistance do we offer providers as they prepare for this coming school year? We can also offer support to providers anytime throughout the year. We offer coaching as well as a variety of trainings that promote professional development covering a variety of topics, ranging from setting those clear and concise classroom expectations to transitions to emotional regulation. So, I.K., we've been talking a lot about pre-K, but we know that back to school also means our child care centers may be seeing more children in kindergarten and older who require before and after school care. Mm -hmm. So what's being done to help providers with curriculum and to prepare for those older children? Well, I think one thing first, you know, we'll talk about curriculum, but I think it's also important to for providers to consider the fact that they're transitioning into a new school year um, and to be as sensitive as possible, to give them as much support as possible, um, just to help them to transition and become comfortable with the environment. And then once that happens, it is a great time for them to start to segue into some great activities and curriculum. And one great resource that we have is actually the Georgia After School Youth Development Quality Standards. Um, and these are a great resource that can be used by providers to develop high quality before and after school programs. And we call we refer to it by the acronym ASYD. So just you know for our listeners and everybody to know what that means. Uh, the ASYD standards are research-based uh, best practice guidelines. They're geared towards uh, planning appropriate environments for school-age children and meeting their developmental needs. And so the guidelines have nine quality elements, and each of those elements includes standards and indicators that help to describe uh, how to implement activities into the um, context of a program. So, for instance, one of the elements is called programming and youth development. That's quality element number one. And what it does is it focuses on on uh, providing diverse daily schedules and hands-on activities that go way beyond what you typically might see in a school-age program, which might be just homework help and outdoor play. And so one example of that might be if the program decided to do a STEM project. And so that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And so the reason they might choose that is because it ties back into that quality element because it can offer a variety of opportunities for those youth to control and guide their own learning. Um, and it gives them the opportunity to gain new skills uh, such as goal setting, decision making, communication while they're participating with other youth in that program. So just a little, you know, advertisement there about the ASYDs, but it really is an awesome resource. So we encourage providers uh, to utilize that resource and they can find it. Providers and parents can find it at the website, which is www.georgiasyd.org. Um, and then we also have additional information about training for proper use of the ASYD standards um, in our most recent June edition of the Child Care Services newsletter. And that's sent to our providers by email. And those uh, the newsletter can also be accessed on our DECAL website. And then we also encourage parents to go to our DECAL website to look at licensing reports when they're choosing a school-age program. Because yes, we help our providers with curriculum, but we also want to give our parents some you know, understanding of some tools there as well in just choosing the correct thing for their child. Out. So we encourage them to look at the licensing reports, which are, are of course on our DECAL website. And then also we um, check to see if the program is quality rated. Mm -hmm. um, even though quality rated, to, um, to be very clear, they do not evaluate a school age classroom. Uh, however, it's still a good indication when a program is quality rated uh, that they've met licensing standards and also that they're going to focus on providing a quality environment to all children in care. So. Mm -hmm. How does uh, transportation to and from school work at a child care center? And are there 
tips on maybe helping your child through that process? Absolutely. So uh, really before conducting transportation, as far as the center, how it works at a center, they must, of course, ensure that they understand all of our child care licensing rules and regulations. And of course, the rules apply to child care learning centers and family child care learning homes. There's a slight difference in some things that are required for center and family currently, but all rules must be met. So that would involve uh, reviewing transportation rules, uh, completion of a two-hour transportation training, Training, um, ensuring that they understand all of the documents and everything that's involved. Uh, it's also highly recommended that the program reviews to look again informational video just so they understand how important it is for them to do the proper checks of the vehicle and to supervise children properly. Um, and that's, of course, located on our DECAL website. And then they can always contact their child care consultant for CCS um, to and or, or our intake line to ask any questions that they may have. Um, and then for parents, uh, this is also something we look at in terms of them helping their child to understand, say, for instance, if their child's going to ride the school bus for the first time. Uh, and so it's important for them to discuss the process with the child, you know, help them to understand, maybe even through books. Uh, sometimes there's different videos of things that they can watch. Um, and also discussing why we use our seat belt, booster seats, just discussing safety and also helping them to understand the importance of following directions with the center staff when they go into these child care environments. And then they also uh, we have a couple of resources such as childfund.com, uh, kinderart.com. There's some hands-on activities, fun things for kids to um, color and activities to do with parents that are also transportation related. So all of those things would kind of help them to connect. Uh, and then also we want to keep transportation as consistent as possible. So if your child is going to ride the school bus, it's best not to try to drive them the whole first week yourself because <laughs> it's only going to make it harder because once you you know start stop driving them, then they've got to get on a bus and it's not going to go, probably not going to go as smoothly. So you just want to make sure that, you know, you're remaining consistent, um, you know, from day one. So we're ripping off the Band-Aid here. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and even though, again, as the post said, there may be some tears, right. but they'll get over it. They'll see the bus. They'll see the right. children. And it's probably going to be just an easier transition all the way around. Start singing that song. That's about right. Wheels, wheels on, on the, the bus. bus. And trust the school because they're going to be that person who will receive them off the bus. Trust that they'll get them to the right class. I know right. it's hard as a parent, but that's very good. For some them of those drivers have a great personality yeah, Absolutely. and are so yes. welcoming and they love children. So Definitely. That's a tough job, too. It is. It is, yes. <laughs> so our CAPS program assists low-income families with the cost of child care while they work, go to school, or training, or participate in other work-related activities. This is also a busy time of year for CAPS. Yes. How does back-to-school impact the families supported by this program? And I know there may be some changes, so how do families go about making changes to their scholarship? Sure. Um, children have been in summer camp programs and been with some of our quality rated providers receiving full-time care and back to school requires a change in that schedule. Um, our school-aged children may require before and after care and our infants and toddlers may need an earlier drop-off time. So just as you mentioned, um, it's entering the highest volume of case changes and because that process does take up to 10 days um, to complete, we encourage our families to notify our family support consultants as soon as they know what their provider needs are. Um, we're here to assist. We're excited to assist. We know that this is a hectic time. And because of that, um, we don't want to inconvenience our families to have to take that extra day to come downtown. We really do have the capabilities of assisting our families with their changes via email. 
Um, that's one of the ways that they can go to our website at caps.decal.ga.gov, mm -hmm. and they can select contact us and select family and email us, and we will receive that email instantly mm -hmm. and can respond um, to one of, to their changes. That's one way, of course. Um, the second way um, for our families who have their Georgia Gateway account, they can upload that com completed provider rate sheet to their account. And as soon as we receive that, we will reach out to our families and acknowledge their change and get some more information and begin processing that change. And of course, the most popular one is um, to give us a call at 1-833-442-2277. Um, I know that number, sometimes I write it down <laughs> unintentionally, but um, our families will call. But again, because it is peak time, um, there may be a little bit longer wait. Um, we will definitely respond to each and every phone call or message that we receive. But again, in this day and time of technology, you can shoot us an email and we can respond very quickly. So again, it does take 10 days. Um, we know that school is right around the corner. So if you know what your provider needs are, you know that your child will need before and after care um, or full-time care during the uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas breaks and you know where they want to go, please let us know because we are anticipating those changes and we're ready to assist as soon as we hear from you. Right. That's good advice. Go ahead and do it now. Yes. Give you enough time yes. to get that change in. Because you That's see right. that date getting closer. Go yes. Ahead. That's right. Yes. Is there a better time to call during the day? Maybe wait until later in the day? Or? You know, no. I mean, you know, our families are busy and, you know, children are up first thing in the morning. Uh, so families can start calling at 8 o'clock. Um, you know, parents that are working call on their lunch hour. Our staff is on the phone from 8 o'clock in the morning till 5 in the evening. Mm. Um, so, again, families can leave a message. They can leave their information um, and make sure to leave a good contact number and we can definitely return that phone call. But no, I mean, at this time of the year to the end of August, uh, all day, every day is peak time. So, um, but we, like I said, we're anticipating that to be the case. So um, we have all hands on deck and our consultants and some other uh, teams are assisting us with those changes as they come in. Great. You know, it's kind of cool to see Ico and Margie and Latasha all together here because we work under the same umbrella, which has not always been the case for CAPS. It's been part right. of another state agency. Mm -hmm. And now for a little while, how long has it been? Two years now? Yeah, a little over uh, two years since, since we started. Administrative yeah. uh, function. Things going well? It is. It is. You know, family support is new to CAPS. Um, it's uh, different for our families. Um, we're a little bit more involved as we uh -huh. work with our families. We um, are taking that family approach. Um, child care brings our families and the program together, but our consultants um, realize that our families need more than child care sometimes. Mm -hmm. So our consultants are there to assist families um, as they speak with them um, at the times that they have case changes or at their annual redetermination, um, a family may mention something that uh, they see their child developing or not developing and meeting those milestones. We can have a conversation about that. Um, or a family has uh, transitioned from one county to another and they don't have resources or don't know where to reach out to a food bank or um, you know supports in the community. So again, family uh, support is, is new. Um, but that's my background. You know, mm -hmm. I, when I speak to families, I start a checklist, and so uh, that's natural for me. So I'm excited that family support um, has taken a little bit different spin in assisting our families with child care, but we know that it's uh, more than child care each and every day. Our families are transitioning, and we want to be there to support them in that transition. So when they become self-sufficient um, and no longer need us, um, we can make room for our families that, that do need us, and we're there to assist them in that transition transition as well. 
Great example yes. of the two-generation approach yes. that we're seeing <laughs> yes. now. Uh, so, yeah, love to hear that. You know, you hear it uh, preached. You love to hear it practiced, too. <laughs> yes. so She's that's, practicing that's it. Great. Yes. 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 That's terrific. <laughs> All right, well, we're almost out of time on the back-to-school special, but I want to go around the table one more time and ask the question just as an individual, what is your hope or wish for the coming school year and the students and the families that we serve because we do i mean you think about these three ladies emily uh in inclusion we touch these agencies these as an agency we touch these child care programs multiple times Mm -hmm. and then you add on nutrition not represented Mm -hmm. here but also involved and audits and compliance and all of these things so put you on the spot ico what's your (laughs) wish for our families and children? Well, my wish is, of course, for everyone to be safe and have a wonderful, happy school year, but also that teachers and parents and providers remember that children have greatness on the inside of them. No matter how young they are, they are is innately there. And so just to remember to look for greatness in small places. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to write that down <laughs> and post it later <laughs> on our social media. Love it. Okay, Margie? So I would say to families to trust the process. Um, That sounds so cliche, I guess. But I think Georgia's pre-K is developmentally appropriate for all children. And I know while parents are their child's first teacher, you have now a team. And so we need to look at that in that way and think as parents and teachers work together, um, we're going to help our children to walk into their future. So it's teamwork. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think sometimes people think we're taking four-year-olds and putting them in uh, desks in rows, and right. it's a traditional classroom setting. There's a lot of play going on, yes. but they're learning through they're play. They're learning, right. absolutely. So mm-hmm. that's exciting to see. Uh, Latasha? I would say to hang on to that enthusiasm, and uh, that's for parents, students, our child care providers, um, as well as our educators. Um, you know, we, we're excited to start the new year. We're excited to see the metamorphosis of our students, but remember that midway through the year and remember that at the end of the year um, because we have made a lot of accomplishments with our students from getting on the bus or tying their shoes um, where they were not at, at the beginning of the year. So hang on to that enthusiasm throughout the year. And be patient with that little boy out there who (laughs) still can't tie his shoes in first grade, practically. Uh, Emily, how how about you and your wish? I hope that all students and families experience a year of growth, not only academically, but also in social-emotional development. The ability to problem-solve, make friends, and use strategies to self-regulate cannot be underestimated. And Commissioner, how about you? I just hope everyone has a great uh, year and an even better first day, I think that definitely sets the tone uh, for the rest of the year. And I also think uh, it's important to go ahead and start for the parent and family to build that relationship with their teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, let them know about your child and what he or she likes or doesn't like. And that, yes. g- that gives them a little bit of insight. Our, my school started to do parent-teacher conferences before school starts. And I think that's a great idea. So you kind of let them, they get to meet you, you get to meet them, and you they, let t- they tell you what the expectations are, but you get to tell them a little bit about mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses of your child and what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. And wherever possible, that really communicates to the teacher that there's going to be family involvement. Yes. And um, I think they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Find out what their favorite snack is. Take right. that too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. That's probably good. That too. Right? Especially I go in high school. That's we right. were saying because we went down to the line. With one right. of 
Um, all right. Well, this is great. We want everybody to have a great year. Here's the uh, phone number in case you need more information about really any of our programs. Uh, you can go to our website at decal.ga.gov. Or if you're looking for quality early childhood education in your area, call one 877 kids. That's one 255 4254 And follow us on social media. We'll be recognizing all of our Georgia Pre-K First Day starts, giving you uh, a big welcome to the classroom on the day that you began, and also post your your photos on our social media. We love seeing these little four-year-olds coming into the classroom for the first time and uh, can't wait to see all the special activities and guests during the year. Of course, Georgia Pre-K Week coming up in October will be here before we know it. So um, great advice from Ico, Margie, Latasha, and Emily. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Jay Boyd. I work in pre-K, and my question for Commissioner Jacobs is, where do you see the direction of pre-K in the next 10 years? Well, thanks, Jay, for that question. Uh, Luckily, we have such a great foundation from which to work from Georgia Pre-K that the next 10 years, I think, is focused on um, continuing to uh, maintain the high quality and the results that we're seeing by getting these children ready for kindergarten. Of course, I think it's always important for us to continue to look at the research that we we do to see where we do need to improve. And I don't know where that's going to be, but we will use that to continue to support teachers and our own Pre-K consultants to make sure we maintain the high quality that Georgia's Pre-K program is for. And good luck to everyone beginning the 27th. Absolutely. It's hard to believe. Really is. It's going to be great. 80,000 students, Mm -hmm. welcome aboard. Don't leave yet. It's your chance to win a nice prize in the decal download quiz. And wow, did we have a response to a recent contest. We had 10 decal employees that all won a pair of passes to Candytopia, the interactive pop-up experience for children and adults in Buckhead. Congratulations to Candice Gilbert, Christina Rigsby, Stacy Otis, Shanda Mathow, Patricia Neely, Deidre Williams, Shannon Ricardo, Tammy Clark, and Jerita Lawrence Burdett. Love their pictures that they posted on our social media. And thank you to Candytopia, which is leaving Atlanta. Uh, unfortunately, but what a great time for all of those folks and their guests. Let's give you a chance to win a prize. All you have to do is answer this question correctly. We'll draw one winner from all the correct answers. Here is the question. How many four-year-olds are expected to attend Georgia's pre-K program this year? How many four-year-olds are expected to attend Georgia's pre-K program this year? Send your answer to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.